0: Oh, and welcome to Cheer Up Buddy, the Sad Man Movie Podcast. I'm Tom. I'm ready. And this week we're talking about Iron Man 3, the 2013 Shane Black MCU film starring Robert Downey Jr., Ben Kingsley, Guy Pearce, Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, and Ty Simpkins. Ready? how you doing?
1: I'm doing okay. I got back from Japan. Um, we've talked about this trip a little bit on this podcast, but finally made it uh it was pretty good nintendo land is super nintendo land is great i hope to go with you soon sometime uh we got to go
0: you went to universal japan is that was that kind of like the focal point of the trip
1: there were two focal points two things that i really wanted to do when we went one was the ghibli park which is cool but i i don't know if i'd give it like a full hearted recommendation there isn't that much to actually do even though like some of the things are pretty amazing it's
0: mostly a walkthrough, um, right? I've seen some videos online.
1: Oh yeah, I hadn't seen any videos. I tried to like keep myself spoiler free, and it is mostly a walkthrough. And then it plays uh, short movies that Studio Ghibli has made, um, but they're all made for like the museum in Tokyo. So like, I, I don't know if there's a big reason to go to the park rather than the museum. Mm. Uh, other than there's like some like, you know, you exit through the gift shop, and the gift shop has quite a bit of stuff. Don't um, you? And always. some of it's like, yeah, of course. Um, and some of it's, like, specific to the the park, so that's pretty cool. Um, and there's some, like, photo opportunities on, like, it's on this big, uh, what's it, like, World Trade Center sort of ground. World Trade Center? No, that's not that's not what I want to say. Uh-oh. <laughs> Never forget. Uh, say so
0: what? Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> oh, oh. World's Fair kind of grounds, and um, they'd actually built the house from Totoro on that before, and I had gone to see that. So I've like had the opportunity to see the place before it was developed, and then to see it with the park stuff now. Um, And so there are some like like photo opportunity stuff, but overall, like if you're there, go. But I wouldn't like recommend making a trip for it. Um, USJ Universal Studios Japan, and I haven't. I've been to the one in Orlando, but the one in Japan is different and I've been to the one in Japan. I think a couple of times and big news. Number one is the Spider-Man ride is being and somewhat connected to our movie today. uh, The Spider-Man ride at USJ is being closed down in I guess about a month now. Um, So I wrote that a couple of times and then went to Nintendo land, which was my first time going to any of these. And it's like sensory overload. There was a ton of people and there's a ton of stuff moving and the rides are I went on two rides there, might be three, and the, like the main attraction is the Mario Kart style ride which is like pretty cool, kind of this like movement 3D thing. Do you have to wear um, a head,
0: like... like a headpiece for that one or goggles? I saw something online about that. It looked like it was either a VR headset or 3D glasses, I, I don't remember what it was.
1: There was a headpiece and goggles. The headpiece I don't think did anything but like steady the goggles on your face as far as I like mm. could see. And so it actually it reminded me of like some of the rides, like even like at Disney that we did, um, especially the Spider-Man ride, <laughs> the rival Spider-Man rides. Um, it was way more advanced than the Spider-Man ride, but it it did have an element of like, you know, that kind of movement 3D sort of thing going on. Sure. OK. Well, that's um, And you have come back from what I understand is the land of Grand Theft Auto.
0: Yes, uh, I made it through. Was it three weeks in South Florida? So uh, I still have survival skills, so that's nice to know. Spent a couple days at Disney World on two separate occasions this trip, partially because the first time I went was two days, and the second day was tropical storm-level rain, so it rained all day, and I had to change my clothes twice because I got soaked two separate times uh, due to rainstorms. So that really fucking sucked. Uh, and then on the way back, since I did not really get the experience epcot at all during my first day i went and did an extra night at epcot with my significant other and i got the nerd out and go on spaceship earth which i was not able to do the first go around on this trip so i was able to see my boring history of communication inside the giant geodesic dome so that made me happy then we drove oh what is it? i think 27 hours from orlando to denver um with a detour into jacksonville so a lot of driving i was tired
1: yeah i i bet um i can't my my younger brother has done like that cross-country drive before as well and i can't imagine doing it uh it does bring up a lot of questions for me one are we technically disney adults at this point it kind of seems like it and it it does seem like we should be wearing those denim jackets with the pins.
0: i'm still Um, arguing that i'm not a disney adult mostly because i go as often as i do which isn't even that often anymore but i i get in for free because of my brother-in-law being a cast member so i have not paid for a park ticket actually the only time i've paid for a park ticket in the past 20 years was when you and i went to california earlier this year that's the only time i've paid mm -hmm. to go into a disney park so that's the only reason that i've been as often as i have been in my life is because it's either Growing up, it was a Florida resident discount, and my parents were paying. And then in my adult life, I get free passes through my sister and her husband. So uh, if it weren't for that, I would not be going to those fucking theme parks. because They're expensive, and they are a shit show. I really I didn't have a bad time, but I know I could have had a better <laughs> time if the park was more efficient based on how it used to be. So rather than spiraling into a very long diatribe at the Disney organization. I'm just going to leave it at
1: that. So I will say, number one, suck it, Mickey. Number two, I didn't have a bad time, but seems like a very apt description for our film this this week. And yeah, let's just go from there. I do have a short summary of this. Um, of All this right, movie. let's get to the third. Let's,
0: let's hop into Iron Man 3.
1: So in summary, with his suit and life in shambles, Tony Stark slash Iron Man Robert Downey Jr., does some superhero shit or something, I don't know, who can keep it straight anymore? No, actually, with his suit and life in shambles, Tony Stark, suffering from anxiety, battles a shattery terrorist organization led by the Mandarin, Ben Kingsley. What occurs next is the greatest Christmas story ever told in the MCU. Or more accurately, after the Mandarin attacks his home, Stark goes after him, posing the question, what if Elon Musk weren't a complete gaping asshole and were actually smart? Um, oh, so boy. Tom, what did you... <laughs> exactly, right? Um, so what do you think of, of, of the third of the uh, Men of Iron movies? Well, first
0: off, I'm going to apologize to you and to any listeners because I remembered Tony Stark, Iron Man, being a far more sad man in this movie than he is. I remembered very early on, that he had an anxiety attack. And I thought that a running conflict throughout the story was him dealing with PTSD. Cause I guess this in the MCU timeline, this comes after the very first Avengers film where he mm-hmm. went into space with a nuclear missile and almost died. So he was having PTSD after that. I thought this was, this story dealt more with him being sad and dealing with that, but Nope, it was about maybe the first, 15 minutes uh and then that plot line mostly just got abandoned so i remember this being more of a sad man movie than it is
1: yeah i was gonna say i felt like he did go like they left it open interesting, and interestingly enough there was no like ptsd like in the avengers in that avengers movie where he was supposed to have gotten it tv Tropes says this is like not uncommon with actual PTSD that it takes a while to, you know, develop. Sure. But they didn't have it in the movie before this. And then they didn't wrap it up in this movie or any movie subsequent, subsequently. But I felt like there was two thirds of the movie where he did like have these like anxiety or PTSD symptoms.
0: Uh, I, I, my memory of it was it being more of a crucial story element or this, he has an anxiety attack in a restaurant and he thinks he's having a heart attack or got poisoned, and his suit says, no, you're having an anxiety attack. And then later on, when he's arguing with a a small child, he says, you're stressing me out, and that was about the extent of it. So yeah, not quite maybe. not quite what I usually go for when I pick a movie, but what can you do? But yeah, as I was saying, I, I saw this in theaters at the time when it came out, and it immediately is one of my least favorite marvel movies i will say i've never been much of an iron man fan so the fact that this was barely an iron man movie and more of a tony stark movie made me even less excited uh i thought it's kind of a i think it's kind of a snoozer and just going off to you know being someone who's seen all the mcu movies except the past few years Someone who used to go see him over opening night every time one came out. Uh, this movie has no consequence on the MCU universe at all. Nothing that happens in this movie has any lingering consequence.
1: Yeah, and it's sort of surprising because there are things that happen in this movie that you think would come up in the future, um, but don't. And no. uh, I've got a number of those listed. Um, but I did. Um, you're 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 touching on a lot of points that I had sort of at the beginning. And I, I was going to say, you know, number one, I think this is officially the first superhero movie we've done. People have heard us talk about Venom as like our test run sort of for this podcast. And it does, while this movie is is definitely no Venom, we it feels like we're scraping at the bottom of the superhero barrel already. <laughs> and there were so many good, you know, angsty superhero movies that I, I feel like we have like really... Reached down into the 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 slop for venom and for iron man 3 um i will say that i don't think it it certainly was a movie that happened like it i've seen many worse movies and i know i've uh been lucky enough to avoid many worse movies as well um you know it happened it was entertaining might be a stretch but it wasn't like actively offensive and it wasn't even as like Mildly racist as the first Iron Man movie, which I thought was, <laughs> you know, overall probably a better picture. And we had talked about this a little bit over text, but uh, we had talked about if there are many good MCU sequels. And I think you know the first Iron Man was like a reasonable movie. Um, it's not going to be my top ten movies. You know, it's not even you know, it's not it's not going to be my top ten art house movies, let alone my top ten movies. But um, it exists and it's fine. Um, and I had mentioned Spider-Man and maybe Thor Ragnarok. Um, you had brought up the Captain America movies, which completely those were good sequels. And the original Captain America movie was like a fine movie as well. Yeah. Well, um, I want
0: to do Captain America Winter Soldier at some point because I think that is yeah. a legit sad man movie. And I I have a theory that that plot in Captain America Winter Soldier is Shakespearean, but I'll leave it at that. I don't want to give, give that theory away too soon
1: yeah and we haven't warned people so you know go watch uh winter soldier if you haven't watched it already but um it it is kind of funny to me that we have picked some of the worst we haven't we haven't done mobius morbius (laughs) Mobius morbius yet uh i've got loki on the brain i guess but um we we are scraping at the bottom the, the bottom of the barrel so to speak um and then i wanted to ask you tom where are we going
0: where are we going well we're not oh are you talking about how the movie goes to south florida are you talking about that because that was the only redeeming thing for me i don't know what, what where are we going what do you mean
1: I, I was really hoping you would say to town on each other what um which is the, a line that... from very early in the movie
0: oh well shows how much i paid attention no i, <laughs> it, I did uh,
1: not you you did pick up on that one. i it was the first thing i wrote down which uh does not bode well for this movie actually um, I'll see my first self- note
0: was oh sorry that my first note was the opening song is I'm blue Dolby D doby die Dolby D doby die which I thought yeah. was going to establish the tone for the film but nope it uh I think they probably made it look like it was going to be a, uh, more related to PTSD and you know anxiety and depression and stuff but no nope, it starts with Tony Stark at a party in switzerland 1999 for new year's eve he's taking an attractive rebecca hall back to his hotel room guy Pierce says aldrich killian is a uh, gargoyle (laughs) disabled person which is you know that's
1: a little bit offensive now that i think about it
0: yeah uh tony stark tells him he'll meet him on the roof uh so this guy pierce character goes and st- stands alone on a roof in winter in switzerland for an hour with i think he maybe had a cardigan on so he really should have gotten pneumonia and died but i guess they fear that maybe not superhero superheroic enough i don't know
1: super villain enough no i, I mean it I... is a
0: super villain origin if i got pneumonia from standing on a roof in winter i'd find the asshole and cough in his face
1: wow with COVID, that could get you that could get you jail time now in some jurisdictions. First, I was gonna say it does like it doesn't feel that far back, but 1999, I guess, was like pretty far back now, and so I do think the song sort of sets the the time frame a little bit. And then also like yeah, Tony Stark going to bed with a uh, very attractive uh, Maya Hansen or whoever, great. Um, but isn't he like empty inside? Like maybe this is also part of the sad man sort of shtick. Um, is, is it, isn't all of this just like trying to fill a void in his soul that, that, that you know, can't be filled in in the ways he's trying to do it? or thought.
0: <laughs> I think that's the intention for the character, but I don't think you ever see it in the MCU where he really regrets having the one night stand. It's more like, oh, I'm going to give him up so I can get with Pepper Potts, a.k.a. Gwyneth Paltrow. It's not like... I don't like doing this anymore. I mean, it's kind of like, he even has that line when later yeah. on, when she shows up at his house, he's like, eh, I'd still be into this if I was single, but I'm not, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's not like he uh, gave up a life of, of one night stands because it was unfulfilling. It was just kind of like, he realized he had to kind of lock it down with pepper pots.
1: Yeah. Um, and you mentioned uh, Killian uh, Guy Pierce. I'm um, certainly uh, none of the, uh, villain naming schemes in the MCU are are too subtle. Whether it's Killian here or or even Killmonger in in Black Panther, um, certainly a lot of uh, kills in um, the MCU villain list. And then he's representing AIM. And I, I thought about this for a second, and, um, and the the MCU had the good sense not to um, uh, not to have MODOK uh in this movie and it's certainly something that they uh gave up or um thought better of later in the mcu it took uh, 10 man, years Mod- but
0: he showed up eventually
1: yeah <laughs> he someone um someone stopped taking the brain medicine or whatever and uh modog does show up and looks as 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 insane as he would uh think or or you know he's sort of a fever dream
0: yeah, How would you describe M.O.D.O.K. to anyone who doesn't know what he looks like?
1: He's a brain in a, a face in a suit. He's Patton Oswalt, basically.
0: But what, ki- what kind of suit? Is it like a Versace suit or is it a Hugo Boss <laughs> oh, suit?
1: He's in a floating metal suit with toddler arms and legs. There we go. Yeah. And so I do have a note. Uh, wouldn't it be awesome if M.O.D.O.K. And then I have in parentheses Patton Oswalt, M.O.D.O.K. were in this. Yes, there is
0: a very funny Patton Oswalt Modoc show on Hulu, I believe. Yes. So if for some reason listening to this makes you want to do a deep dive on the character Modoc, start with the Hulu show. That's probably the only worthwhile thing the character has been in.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, there's uh, maybe there's some comic book. Uh, She's he's in Gwenpool.
0: Oh, I Uh, I wasn't even going into the comic book. Oh, just like in visual media or Mm -hmm. not visual,
1: but like. You know kind of whatever acting um yeah my note technically is and i this is much better written uh in my notes that it is in my brain right now but they had the good sense to try not to shoehorn Modoc into this which true um and it's it's a very um obvious like show of hubris that they were like 10 years later you know what we can do Modoc.
0: oh yeah well if they're kind of All right. Well, this will lead into something I wanted to talk about. Uh, One of Mm -hmm. my main complaints of this movie. So, spoiler alert the big bad of the movie is the Guy Pearce character, Aldrich Killian, who has, he's a scientist who's developed some sort of like lava blood. It's some sort of, (laughs) it's called Extremis, I think. I'm pretty sure that's right. And what it does is like, yeah, it gives people superhuman strength and they can get super hot to like thousands of degrees. They can regrow appendages if they've lost arms or legs, stuff like that. At one point he breathes fire. I don't know what the fuck that was about, but I was just like, oh God, I think I I, like audibly groaned when that happened. (laughs) But throughout the movie, I'd say about the first half of the movie, you think the bad guy is a terrorist named the Mandarin played by Ben Kingsley. And I will say, The reveal later on when they reveal that this terrorist was all just a show. He's a drunk British actor in hiding in Miami. It was one of the most insulting moments in a film that I've ever experienced. Because the frustrating thing about the character, the Mandarin, he's portrayed as so menacing and so evil. He is one of the more dynamic villains that MCU's ever had. And it turns out he wasn't even a villain. And I think this is kind of one of those moments where they, man, this is turning into an MCU podcast. But the MCUs have a real <laughs> big issue with villains because they either kill off villains or the villains just aren't dynamic enough to be interesting. And so the fact that they had one who's very compelling seems like an actual genuine threat. And then you find out he's just some drunk, like soccer hooligan. It's just kind of like, well, you know, this is one reason why maybe the MCU starting to have some issues now that, you know, we're what, uh, 14 years into the, the MCU universe. I mean, it's, uh, they kind of just didn't set themselves up to have interesting antagonists and now they're kind of paying the price for it.
1: Well, I mean, not to like, I feel like we're heading to that entropy of when two men or Western men are talking, like, it will eventually devolve into a conversation about the MCU. But um, I do think, like, Thanos had his ups and downs for sure. I thought King was, like, pretty interesting. But then we have this, like, this this MCU or Marvel or Disney unable to, like, decide whether they want to keep him or, like, dump him. Or, you know, I'd heard that, like, he's got a stipulation in his contract that only he can portray King. I guess I get it, but uh, I do agree that there's a villain problem with the MCU. Um, I also agree that... Um, the Mandarin was in Iron Man 2, right? Like I vaguely, like I saw a movie in like fits and starts and um, I think he was in it. Like Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin was in it, correct or no? No, this was remember? his first
0: appearance. He they. Oh, we, interesting. In okay. Iron Man 1, when Tony Stark gets kidnapped by that terrorist group, they make reference to him or allude to him but you don't Mm -hmm. see him until this. And then you find out Mm -hmm. that he's not the man. But then it gets even more confusing because in the Sung Chi movie, there actually is a Mandarin in the universe, the MCU universe, not just in name there. It's played by the amazing Tony Leong, who's one of my all time favorite actors. And we will be covering several of his uh, art films in a couple months, (laughs) I think. But I mean,
1: Sung Chi, right?
0: No, I don't. It's going to be a while before we do another MCU, I think. I just don't, I don't know. Yeah, we got to
1: space these guys out, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know if they're really going to fully fall into this niche that we're trying to make with film podcasts. And if we're talking about sad men, there's a lot more psychologically interesting characters to discuss than MCU heroes for sure
1: well i think some of these movies do fit the bill for our podcast but man they do a lot of psychic damage to get through them (laughs) like Mm -hmm. yeah and you you mentioned i was going to mention it as well like the actual the real the quote-unquote real mandarin shows up in uh shang chi as does ben kingsley uh, as the fake mandarin um Mm -hmm. i think you know minor spoilers for uh shang chi but uh i think is a is a prisoner of the real mandarin Um, I sort of get it. I think I really wish they had done the thing where like Ben Kingsley had been like the villain in two and then in three, like if you're going to make this like, you know, switcheroo where he's actually like a a British soccer hooligan, you did it in three instead of in, in, or you did it in three as opposed to like doing it in the movie he first appears in. Um, But Mm -hmm. I saw Shang-Chi before I saw this movie. So the reveal that Ben Kingsley was not the Mandarin was not a huge surprise. And I guess, you know, I, I get why, like, you couldn't have this, like, ye- yellow peril sort of, like, villain that is traditionally Iron Man's, like, arch nemesis. And I even get, like, I'm okay with, with you know, Killian kind of sends, says at the end of the movie that he's really the Mandarin. But then you, like, Queen Goop herself, like, kills him off. And so it's like, well, what do you do now? I feel your pain, I guess. Um, I hadn't really thought about it because to me, like my first uh, interaction with the Mandarin outside of like understanding that he was like this kind of terrible yellow peril sort of, uh, you know, Marvel Comics villain was was seeing him as, uh, you know, Trevor Slattery, the actor in, in, in Shang-Chi.
0: The depiction of the Mandarin in the comics back in the day was... Very racist. It was pretty much on par with World War II propaganda posters where it's just like this menacing Asian man is gonna get you with his magic rings. It was uh (laughs) it didn't age well, so I understand why the film division adapted it to more modern times and make it a, a terrorist organization leader, but uh yeah, it just it's frustrating because I just feel like Ben Kingsley in the before the reveal has such gravitas and so much menace in his depiction that it really felt like someone who could fuck shit up. And then you find out he's nobody. And then the actual Mandarin is a lava man who gets taken out by <laughs> Pepper Potts, who she also has the lava extremist blood in her and she just hits him with a pipe. I think I don't, it was very anticlimactic.
1: <laughs> I wonder if they scrambled for that ending. Cause it did seem sort of confusing. I know I read on TV Tropes that both uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow had wanted Pepper Potts to be more of an action hero. And so this was kind of addressing that. Definitely the movie seemed like a long tease for Pepper Potts being in the Iron Man costume or being rescued or whoever. And so. Um, which that we do did... eventually get. Yeah, we do eventually, I mean, it's not in this movie, but we do get it no. eventually. Uh, and I think her like being in an Iron Man suit actually lasts longer in this movie than it does in whatever Avengers movie she shows up in as, as Rescue. But it does seem like one long tease for that, which leads, both these things kind of lead me to a point that's kind of near the end of my notes, but I'll I'll bring it up now. This did seem like uh, an ending for Iron Man. Like this seemed to like wrap up like a trilogy of Iron Man movies, whatever you think of them like an, an, a send-off for the character a little bit. And, um, you know, it's not completely the case. Like, he shows up in the subsequent Avengers movies, and and we see, you know, Tony Stark's real sort of send-off in in the end of the Infinity Saga. But it did seem like a way to wrap up uh, the Iron Man movies. And I read, again, on TV trips that there were no... Like, uh, I think Robert Downey Jr.'s contract ended on this movie, um, but he re-signed afterwards, so... They were, it does seem like they were writing it as an end. And then also he'd gotten injured on set on this movie and was considering not, you know, kind of playing Iron Man anymore. And so uh would have been interesting, if, you know, to see what they would have done in the Infinity Saga if he hadn't been available. But it did feel like, and especially, you know, you see the end credits and it kind of recaps all three movies, but it did seem like a send off for uh, Iron Man.
0: Yeah, if he was unavailable, they just would have kept backing dump trucks of money to his house until he was available. But this <laughs> this goes to what I was saying earlier about this movie being totally of no consequence in the context of the MCU where, like you said, the ending of this movie, he destroys all his Iron Man suits and gets the shrapnel taken out of his heart that was in the first movie, and it gives mm-hmm. every impression that he's retired now. Obviously, that doesn't happen. The movie ends with Gwyneth Paltrow's character having this weird blood extremist stuff in her that never comes back again in any other movies it just magically disappears so that's what i was kind of saying that this movie is of no consequence whatsoever for the entirety of the mcu like if someone were to go in fresh not having seen any mcu movies and didn't want to see every single one you could easily skip this one and they would not have lost out on anything
1: yeah yeah I mean, I did skip out on this one. I hadn't lost out on anything. Like, nothing in this movie ever comes up again, honestly. Um, And I do have a list of, like, hanging plot threads that aren't addressed again, whether it's in this movie itself or sort of later in the MCU, as far as I knew. Um, And again, I don't have, like, a perfect viewer viewing record. But as we talked about, Tony's PTSD, um, him coming out of Iron Man retirement, Pepper Potts having extremist powers, like, they do some kind of surgery on her. And I... It's unclear whether that is just to keep her from blowing up or completely re- removing the extremist extremist powers, but none of it ever comes up again anyway, so it doesn't really seem to matter. So, yeah, this was like a, I mean, even in the context of the MCU, which has a lot of like movies that are like, yeah, they're movies and I saw them and I'll never see them again. Um, this one seems to excel at, at at being one of those kinds of movies.
0: This was very much a nothing burger
1: yeah yeah absolutely um i will say the one interesting thing i did find about the movie was i did think it took a very sort of um reflected like american concerns about arab terrorism and i uh what year did you say Mm -hmm. this came out 2013 yes but i think it was it's far enough removed from like 9 11 that it's able to play with that idea in terms of like the mandarin using a lot of like chinese and kind of arab symbolism for the terrorist videos and things like that mm-hmm. but all of it's fake all of it's like put together by killian um in order to like kind of set people off in a way and he's really just covering for fuck-ups basically with the the extremist thing where the people who take the drug i guess blow up um, yeah i did ultimately you- like
0: that the reveal was the that the ultimate big bad in this movie is a technology company which i did enjoy that but they didn't lean into it enough for me to be like yeah you got them it was just kind of it was just yes everything was just sort of glossed over
1: yeah sadly at this time i think in 2013 robert downey jr was more the elon musk than killian whereas now looking back 10 years later um it's definitely Mm -hmm. killian um Mm -hmm. the technology kills a lot of people doesn't work like it's supposed to and then he really didn't come up with. But uh, I was going to say, um, you mentioned your reasons for this being one of the worst or the worst MCU movie. But I will no, say it's not even I is... wouldn't
0: even say it's the worst. It's just boring. But there are other ones. It's not even a bad film. It's competent. And there are sequences I like. There's the action sequence where his house gets destroyed by helicopters, which I thought was pretty neat. Mm. Um there was a Miss Chattanooga Christmas pageant, which I enjoyed as a horny man. <laughs> um, he goes, he drives through the South. He goes, he, he, the climax of the film takes place in Miami, which I enjoy. I, I did make a note to myself, more villains need to live in South Florida, just based off personal experience. That is where they, there are a Isn't lot of villains like down
1: there. 70% of the Fast and Furious movies. I, I don't know, but it's. It no, seems there's like only, it. there's
0: only one in, in, in Miami, uh, okay. but you know. Roger Stone still lives in my hometown somewhere. So there's a lot of (laughs) shitty guys, but I did make a note that I, I I made a note to myself, like every other rich asshole, Tony Stark is spending Christmas in Miami.
1: (laughs) Well, I I was just going to say this is the worst MCU movie because Bill Maher is in it. So there's that. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And then I have like this, uh, maybe you can answer this for me. Maybe you can't, but does DC exist in the MCU? Uh, Because Happy Hogan mentions Tony Stark hanging out with his super friends. And I think uh, Batman is mentioned in the Eternals. And I'm like, is there DC comics in the MCU? Because I don't, I mean, these are weird references to make if they don't exist.
0: I think there actually is some canon verified answer that the DC comics exist in the MCU universe or something. But it's also like, I don't care enough i'm not that deep in the w- the weeds to really
1: yeah. give a shit. it's
0: it's fine they have the, let's just say the mcu has all the same cultural it has all the re- all the same cultural references that we have in our world let's just go with that
1: no that's fair i mean i it's just it seems a little unusual because you really have to like think about putting these like references in there to, and i definitely have not seen enough uh dc movies um i guess it's not quite the dceu yet um except for blue beetle i i don't i i don't think any of those characters are saying well my spidey sense is tingling or anything like that so um, but i guess when you're on the when you're on the back foot um so to speak uh, you can't sort of acknowledge your competition in the same way. You mentioned you mentioned Miami and you know this, but I grew up in Tennessee. I, I lived there until I was 16 and, and moved to Georgia and uh, Rose Hill, Tennessee does not look like any part of Tennessee I've ever been in. I, I was going to mention that yeah. this
0: both of our home states were in the movie and I did have a note to myself because like we've re- mentioned, this movie takes place around Christmas time and i had my notes snow in tennessee that's kind of rare and they made it look like a winter storm out here in colorado it did not i was wondering what parts of tennessee this would have been i was like well maybe it's kind of like the the mountainous part or the western part but it's like i don't know this doesn't this doesn't look like any tennessee ice i wasn't tennessee was it tennessee in his tenna believe in or tennesseean is believing is that the expression i was not i don't know but i'll take it. believe in this <laughs>
1: uh yeah it, it didn't it didn't really and i'm sure it was filmed in a back lot in la or something and this is there it's kind of funny to see like hollywood impressions of the south having grown up there like there's certainly a lot to make fun of and and a lot of like stuff to caricature but like none of it seemed to show up especially in this so yeah it didn't it didn't seem like any and you know any part of Tennessee that I uh, had seen or lived in or or been uh adjacent to it, it it kind of looked like Alabama to me but then that might be just me being um bigoted against the state of Alabama so yeah
0: well having just within the past week having I guess it's over a little week now but having driven through Panhandle, Much of Florida, Alabama, t- parts of Tennessee, Arkansas, Oklahoma is not the South. I don't think, but uh, I'll stop at nah. Arkansas. It all kind of looks the same, especially the the rural parts and along yeah. the interstates. It's, but then, even then, this has been one of my, you know, if I ever run for office or anything, the entire country looks the same. Like if you drive <laughs> across country, there's not that. My, unless you're in like a national park or something like that, middle nowhere America looks like middle Mer- nowhere America. whether you're in Oregon or Georgia or you know, Iowa, like a lot of the shit just looks the same. and people just need to get the fuck over it, you know, where I mean there's
1: a lot of California that, you know, is between major cities that looks a lot like the American South or um at least in the way that people have. You know kind of put it together maybe the you know the, the terrain is different or the 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 what the, the plants are different but people are living pretty pretty similarly in in these places in a lot of ways so yeah, yeah i agree the meth, like,
0: the meth is meth fentanyl's fentanyl <laughs> wherever you go it's yeah. not that much difference
1: what are the questions that i have for you i i, I was going to ask do you think don Cheadle ever sees like terrence howard like at a party or something and just flashes his MCU money at him. <laughs> um, Cause it does, it does seem like if nothing else, Don Cheadle certainly made some money from uh, taking over uh, as Rhodey.
0: Oh, one of the biggest acting coups of all time. But even if he were to flash his money at Terrence Howard, I don't think Howard could count the money correctly. Wasn't he the one that had that weird thing where it's like two plus two doesn't equal four or something like that? Oh, God, if you're wrong,
1: this is going to be the worst, like, thing we've ever said on the podcast.
0: Vamp for me for a second. I'm going to look it up.
1: (laughs) If you've got the wrong African-American man, (laughs) this is going to be really bad. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, so I'm more like uh, we talked about Tony Stark being like a a sad man. And I'm more like sympathetic to the argument. He broke the crayon during his anxiety attack, which we mentioned. He ignored Queen of Goop. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow you know he left a suit deal with her when he was working out um, and then it doesn't seem like a genius move to tell your archenemy your address while your girlfriend is there although I guess this was like a Batman Gambit kind of thing where people would believe he's dead and then he could like I don't know I, I didn't understand the extent to which his, there was a plan for him or he was just mad that Happy Hogan was in a coma and uh, um, was speaking out of turn but uh yeah, i think mad some part... somebody
0: tried to kill his best friend i like to think that if someone tried to kill me you or one of our other friends would be like hey
1: <laughs> i would take my samurai sword and i would i would be living a um i'd be on a quest for vengeance uh that okay. is true I, I,
0: I did find articles about it i googled okay. Terrence howard math i am not a racist <laughs> okay. from the independent this is independent.co.uk so it's an actual newspaper i think independent may be a sketchy newspaper i can't remember articles I headline semi-legit terrence howard thinks one times one equals two has a secret system called Teriology. so oh, yeah i am right. right i did hear something about this where he's got some weird math set up so i'm Do not think... a, i'm not a racist
1: <laughs> was this Was this after uh, he 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 left the MCU? Um, Oh yeah. Like if I saw the movie that Don Cheadle was uh, the money that Don Cheadle was making uh, in my role that I left because I thought Robert Downey Jr. was making more money than me and uh, I deserved more, I would also like it would also break my brain in a way Mm -hmm. that I was like math how can math be real if our eyes aren't real, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Don Cheadle
0: was a good choice for a couple reasons, probably.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, Um, he's a much better, I think he was a much better, it, it, it ended up for the best. Yeah. Except unless unless you're Terrence Howard.
0: Well, you know, we can't all win in life, but he's still doing pretty well. He's still working. I'm sure. I'm sure he still has more money than either one of us will ever have. So
1: both of us combined.
0: Yeah. So he's, He's doing okay.
1: We're we got. Neither of us to... have been in a um, celebrated kind of you know indie art house movie. So
0: yeah, we're punching up. It's we're not we're not bullying him. Plus, he'd yeah, kick our that, ass too if we yeah, ever met him.
1: Yeah. This is notice how I have not been uh, saying where I live now because I know Terrence Howard could uh, use that information to find me and kick my ass.
0: Terrence Howard, if you're listening to me, you're multiplied, buddy. <laughs>
1: One times one equals two. Um yeah,
0: one times one of me equals two fists. Deal with it.
1: <laughs> I did. I did like, hey Sherlock, MIA is back MIA backwards is aim. <laughs> this is the smartest man in, in the world.
0: I wonder if that was a reference to him being in Sherlock, but that's like that was a terrible joke that was going around on Reddit for years where people were like, oh, I want Robert Downey Jr. To say to Benedict Cumberbatch, I want him to say no shit, Sherlock, and it'll be the funniest thing ever. And it's just like, ah, uh, uh. I'm if just, I, I'm very cranky this episode. I this movie. Broke
1: well, we had to watch bit. this movie. I think is the uh the upshot. No, and I will punch down here for a second. If you tools could write movies, you'd be doing it. So. <laughs> um so yeah please you know we don't need your your hilarious sherlock jokes um in these movies lowest hanging fruit (laughs) um i will say killian's organization uh it's employing veterans it's not like completely gender neutral or equal but it's diverse It's, it's working towards gender equality it's racially diverse um, it's hiring people both in STEM and the liberal arts. And so um, it did seem like a very progressive organization, especially compared to, you know, whatever Tony Stark is running at this point. I have to say, I would have
0: preferred if this movie was AIM, if it was AOL Instant Messenger. If it was like, what was the, <laughs> what was the, the, the was it chatbot or it was a... Uh... Fuck, I wish I wish I could remember the name of it, but there was like a there was some sort of like chat AI you could I am back in the day. Like Life Child okay. or I don't know. Sure. It'd been some if this had been a precursor like artificial intelligence movie, that would have been far more interesting. But uh but going off that, do you remember what your AIM screen name was?
1: Uh, I don't remember at all. It wasn't my name, I don't think. And I spent a lot I mean, like all People our age in America, I spent a lot of time on AIM. Far too much Um, time
0: on it. I wasted so much of my life being on AIM.
1: Yeah, just being like, when is this uh, attractive girl going to, like, come back from being away? And, like, how do I, like, respond? Um.
0: Wasted (laughs) years of my life doing that. So much wasted time. I I mean, granted, I probably wouldn't have been doing anything else otherwise. But, man, I wasted so much time just making sure I was online if I was home, just so a random girl in New Jersey that I met and had a huge crush on would talk to me some.
1: That and and picking song lyrics for your uh, away status message.
0: Oh, yeah. that Yeah. Makes me wonder. What do you think? Uh, what do you think Tony Stark would have used as his away message for this movie?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I have some quotes. Uh, quote, screw it, it's Christmas. Um, whatever. And then uh of course the one from the beginning of the movie, where are we going uh to town on each other? So, you know, all of these seem like potential Tony Stark away messages.
0: Uh see so you know, the only quotes I have from him in this were I am a pipe and hot mess. Um, <laughs> which that probably you know, and then the other one was you experience things and you can't explain them. I'm sure there's some sort of like Pink Floyd song that probably says that more eloquently. Sure, and I think he probably wears a he does wear Pink Floyd T-shirt at some point in the MCU, doesn't he? Uh, No, he's more ACDC guy.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, he he liked the 80s rock, you know, so I think Pink Floyd's a little more 70s, but I remember him having that. I think. Well, no, I don't think he had it. I think it showed up in Thor Ragnarok because it was on whatever the. Oh, yeah. The the Duran Duran T-shirt. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, you know, another thing, though, they did age lock Tony Stark in this movie
1: because mm-hmm.
0: the post trailer sequence is him trying to get therapy from Bruce Banner, which, as Bruce Banner says, I'm not trained in this. I'm not that kind of doctor. But kudos to Tony Stark to trying to get some sort of therapy. But he does say in 1983, when I was 14 or was it 84 mm-hmm. and 15. But whatever it was, he it was born in 1969 which obviously was a, I wonder if that was a nice joke on the writer's part. But uh, I'd always kind of <laughs> wondered how old Tony Stark was supposed to be in the MCU mm-hmm. stuff. And then I was trying to think when he... So if he was born in 69, and what? He dies in... What, what's the canon year he dies in the MCU? Like 2022? Is that what it was?
1: So 20... But he ends up being. There was that time skip in the MCU. So it's like ahead of us. But I don't know if that was before or after uh, Infinity, the Infinity Saga. So he
0: died when he was in his mid 50s. So he had his daughter when he was 50. So now I have to wonder if his daughter was like in vitro, like some, you know, they probably needed it because Pepper Potts is probably not a spring chicken, too. Yeah, but she I has all
1: he's... those health uh, tips on Goop, so I'm sure she's like five Yeah,
0: how did she have a baby if she had extremist blood?
1: <laughs> maybe they fixed. Maybe they fixed it. Well, I don't know. Maybe that I'm w- sure. Maybe like... that would
0: allow her to have a kid because they would be like repairing any damage that the the child
1: rear bearing would well i read the article on goop and i think she eats a placenta every day and that like fixes her uterus if i if i if i understand anything about uh both goop and the female body which i do um i think that's how she does it
0: tony stark developed a faberge egg that she could stick up her vagina that would neutralize the extremist powers
1: yeah they don't show you that part in the uh in the in the in the cut on disney plus
0: Well, this is a turn I was not expecting, but I'm enjoying far more than actually talking about the movie.
1: You know, you know, my tendency when I'm angry at a movie or even like semi angry at a movie is to get like very mystery science theory. I mean, I don't have that many for this one, but I have uh, when the Mandarin shoots the rock song guy. uh, My my quip for that was, man, Fox will do anything for ratings these days. So. Mm.
0: Uh.
1: and I'm not yeah, laughing really, at the joke. I'm laughing at your reaction.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm looking at my notes. I really, I've always prided myself doing this podcast, having interesting questions to ask you. I don't have any. The only question I still have in my notes is going back to the scene where his, where Tony Stark's house is destroyed by helicopters, uh-huh. shot, like, blown up with missiles. Would insurance cover the expenses when you give your address to a terrorist in order to goad him into a fight?
1: I mean, it depends on your plan. Right? Yeah. Um, um, does Tony Stark have insurance? He seems like rich enough where he can just be like, yeah, whatever.
0: I think you're legally obligated to have insurance. Wouldn't you?
1: Oh, good call.
0: I mean, it's California. I mean, all the regulations there, man.
1: <laughs> also the, the, does the, the movie makes it clear that he has more iron man suits, right? Cause in that attack, the ones he has on, like, you know, quote-unquote display are, like, I think visibly shown blowing up. And then uh, for the movie, it it you know, or for the end of the movie, like 30 of them come out of the bottom of the house, I guess. But I don't think they really make that clear. Not that this relates to your question, but I don't have anything good to say about uh, whether he'd be covered by insurance or not. But to, to answer your, your earlier question, I don't think this movie... Supports a lot of like in depth questions (laughs) on our our thoughts or feelings or life experiences. I will say, um, one thing I did sympathize with Tony Stark in anxiety sort of modifies how you think, it's not just like this thing that's an overlay to how you feel. Mm -hmm. Um, it really does like trying to change your thinking, and I sympathize with that. Um, I think you see a little bit of that in this movie, and, and that's like you know better than you would expect. In, especially an early MCU movie to deal with, you know, sort of PTSD or anxiety or anything like that.
0: But I guess I'm frustrating that he doesn't really deal with it in a way a normal person would. Mm-hmm. He has this anxiety. He's having these That's flashbacks true. to when he almost died and he kind of placates it or try, kind of like suppresses it by building count like what what, he ends up building 30 or 40 suits of armor of iron man armor Mm -hmm. which i guess it's a productive use of time which i wondered before this movie came out if they were going to go into the alcoholic backstory of tony stark that was in the comics for a long time that's one of the more seminal Mm -hmm. tony stark iron man storylines was that him drinking so often resulted in him having to give up the iron man suit and that's actually how roadie got introduced Mm -hmm. to being a superhero he was iron man for a a hot second until tony stark sobered up but i was thinking about that while watching it yesterday because i do remember seeing i don't know if i ever read the storyline i was probably too young to read it it came out i think before we were born or like when Mm -hmm. we were really little i can't remember I distinctly remember the famous cover where Tony Stark is sitting at a vanity mirror with his helmet off, sweating and looking terrified. In an open bottle of like Jack Daniels next to him on the vanity counter, and I just remember that being like, "Oh man, alcohol is make him very sweaty and very scared." And I feel like that <laughs> kind of left an impression on me as a as a small kid. <laughs> and i was a little disappointed i mean i get why they didn't go that dark into this movie you can't really you can't adequately deal with substance abuse issues in an mcu movie but yeah at the same time i would have maybe it like is like maybe a, an important a part of the, it.
1: yeah it's an important part of the character in the in the comic books and uh i get uh both given the actor and sort of the audience for an mcu movie you probably can't deal with it but i remember my big like you know, kind of touch point thought with this is when uh and it's actually like fairly recent, but uh when the the ultimate universe and the Marvel normal universe, like the ultimate universe was like this spin-off universe that uh was like different versions essentially of superheroes. Um this is where Miles Morales first shows up. Um, but they collide and some of the heroes meet their sort of ultimate universe counterparts and ultimate universe, Tony Stark is still an alcoholic um, to which, you know, to, to the chagrin of of normal 616 um, Tony Stark. And so, you know, coming from that, uh, I could see it, but definitely in this movie, like the kid yells at him, go tinker or whatever, you're a mechanic, go mechanic, and that fixes his PTSD. And it's like, well, I don't know if a therapist would recommend this as a way to like actually fix your PTSD. So no, I, I don't think like in... In in it's the whole encompassing sort of thing about, um, uh, you know, trauma of any kind, and certainly there was no, as I said earlier, like hint that this was the case in the uh, uh, the Avengers movie. Um, you know, I think the thing he gets, uh, the alien wormhole flying to space, whatever thing, um, kind of played for like either laughs or a thrill in the Avengers movie, um, mm-hmm. even for Tony himself, um. And then now it's like this like source of, 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 you know, his, his trauma. But. Meh.
0: <laughs> well, well, I'm glad um, you mentioned the kid because that's another one of my most annoying tropes in Marvel movies now is that every kid is a goddamn scientific genius. Like this kid <laughs> is a little engineer goober. He's like, yeah. built a, he built like what a marshmallow gun. Was that what he? Bud gun, I think. Spud, potato gun. Okay. Yeah. I'm just so tired of that. It's just like, let kids be dumb. Not every kid in this universe has to be a scientific genius. Like let, or let one of them be a poet. Let one of them, like make a bad guy cry with a very beautiful poem and make them reconsider things. Like, I'm just so tired of it. Like, I just don't want Superpowers
1: come in many forms. Yeah, what you're trying to say. Scientists are getting all the fun. I I, I mean, I, I, it, it brings to mind immediately. Um, Wakanda Forever and how they, uh, you know, really are trying to, they they shoehorned Ironheart into that movie with no, like, real purpose other than, like, to set up the Ironheart, um, which they need, given that Tony Stark is is now gone from the MCU, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. um, or they feel like they need I don't think they need it, but, like, yeah, just, like, you don't have to introduce this this quickly. You don't have to have like every kid in every MCU movie be like a scientific genius. Like, let's like bring it down a little bit, you know.
0: I'm just regretting drinking so much Haterade before this episode started.
1: (laughs) Well, let me, let me, uh, I will say the one other positive thing about this movie to me, which I'm glad I read about rather than like experiencing firsthand, but this is like an okay movie to go back and watch a second time because of like the central sort of like, switcheroo um and i got a lot of this from tv trips i didn't notice this because i this was the first time i watched it but once you learn that the vice president is in on um sort of the plot Mm -hmm. like you see him like reacting before he should react like he knows what's going to happen before it happens the mandarin sort of pauses when the president calls him to save that roxon guy's life um because he doesn't know what to do because it's not in the script And so like, there's a lot of like these little details, like all the guns that are near the Mandarin are like fake airsoft guns. And if you can tell an airsoft gun from a real gun, which I can't, you know, you can see that he doesn't have real guns on him. So there's a lot of like little details that kind of show that there is going to be this switch, that he's not really, you know, quote the Mandarin or he's not, something is not as, as it seems. Uh, So like, I, I like movies like that, that are like, you watch it again and there's another layer. like this is a this is not very deep for a, you know a second layer but i do like movies where there is like you know sort of it improves on on a second watching a little bit but i don't think this one improves enough to to warrant that second watching
0: no i'm glad you mentioned that because the actor who plays the vice president is miguel ferrer and i love his character in twin peaks he played fbi agent albert rosenfield and i just looked up some of his uh, so in the, the world of Twin Peaks, he's a very minor character. He just shows up here and there. But he's a jackass pacifist. Like, he just has really mean comments to people, but he doesn't want to fight anyone. Let me see.
1: Oh, so my, uh, like, philosophy on life.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he comes in to do, like, autopsies and stuff in the context of the Twin Peaks series. But he has one line, I do not suffer fools gladly, and fools with badges never. I want no interference from this hulking boob. That's talking to the town sheriff. I'm trying to see. Oh yeah, so someone tells him I've had just about enough of you and your insults. And this is one of the better ones better his his comebacks. Oh yeah. Well I've had about enough of this small town filled with morons and half wits, dolts, dunces, dollards and dumbbells. And you, you chowder head yokel, you blithering hayseed, you've had enough of me. He probably gets punched in the face after saying that.
1: I like that. I wanna I want to say that to someone.
0: But he does have a beautiful line about pacifism, though. I'm trying to find that. Oh, I think I just found a meme about it. There we go. I'm just finding filler at this point. Uh, Let me see. While I admit to a certain cynicism, the fact is that I'm a naysayer and hatchet man in the fight against violence. I pride myself in taking a punch, and I'll gladly take another because I choose to live my life in the company of Gandhi and King. My concerns are global i reject absolutely revenge aggression and retaliation the found the foundation of such a method is love and then he tells the guy who'd punched him earlier that he loves him which i guess that does sort of relate to this episode where i don't know what tony stark would have done if he was a pacifist i guess he never would have made iron man so i guess this never mind this this doesn't relate to the movie at all
1: I can't see Martin Luther King Jr. building an Iron Man suit. Uh, is the honest? Uh, is the honest takeaway from from all of this? I'm going to
0: be honest though. The world would be a better place if MLK had an Iron Man suit.
1: I no, I totally agree. Like, uh, unlikely to have been assassinated if he had had that suit. Is is you know my my guess, my what if scenario. Uh, speaking of Gandhi, Ben Kingsley like. Um, you know, uh, you didn't like this this switcheroo for the for the for the Mandarin, but I I did. It did really get to show off like Ben Kingsley's you know serious sort of you know Shakespearean actor uh, background and also his ability yeah, I think to be he's in an like, Academy
0: Award winning from the Gandhi role.
1: Yeah, I think so. But his ability to also be in what we might um, generously call garbage, and especially like playing. Sort of a white man who's playing sort of an ambiguously brown person <laughs> um well no uh, i i I
0: wanted to look this up. His birth huh? name is krishna pandit uh Banji,
1: yeah, so he's half he's half anglo half Indian
0: is he? Okay. he plays
1: a lot of like ambiguously brown people, so he was like in Prince of Persia, he was in some other movies, like uh and this happens a lot I, I watched this one movie on Netflix where um Danny Pudi who's like half Arab and half like Swedish played an Indian person and so like I you know don't get me started on like America and like how we deal with like casting Asian and brown people but um you know he's half he's basically half Indian but he does play Mm -hmm. a lot of like Anglo people playing like brown people oh um and so it's it's it I did like well, I didn't like it I didn't care about it one way or the other really but I did like that Ben Kingsley got to both like be super serious and do those very like cool sort of Mandarin um you know video um ransom notes or whatever you want to call them uh warnings and then also play this like very <laughs> ridiculous um Trevor Slattery actor as well you know, it's it's if Ben Kingsley needed work, it's a good it's good for his demo reel is is what I would say.
0: Oh, sure. I definitely understand why that role would appeal to an actor, because you kind of get to do the full range in this movie. I just mm-hmm. thought in the context of the story, I just thought it was a little too goofy, which yeah. I don't know. Well, the whole. Maybe I sh- I don't know, maybe I should have known since there's a Shane Black movie, but, you know. Nope. So few, aside yeah. from James Gunn, a lot of directors don't really necessarily get to put their personal imprint on a movie. But this is maybe one of the exceptions where this definitely feels more like a Shane Black movie than a Marvel movie.
1: I I wouldn't disagree. Like the movie came off as funnier than I are trying to be funny. I I, I don't know if I'll say funny, but funnier than I expected. And again, like looking it up after watching it, like um, TV tropes mentioned that like the advertising for this movie was a lot darker than the movie actually turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's what, it, if, yeah,
0: that that's what it upset me. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll impart this little bit of, mm, I guess, knowledge. I don't know. I'm, I'm tired. I can't think of the right words, but a couple of years ago I took a class with the author Min Jin Lee. She wrote that book Pachinko that got turned into a series on Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best piece of advice that I got from the, the class I took with her was, um, setting appropriately setting expectations and we we're talking about in the, I think the, the workshop focused mostly on the opening of novels or stories, but her big advice was you got to let people know what kind of party they're going to attend with your work. And mm-hmm. the example that she used is like, all right, if you invite friends over for a dinner party and you tell them it's going to be a taco party and then they show up and then at the sushi party, It doesn't really matter how good the sushi is. If people are really excited to eat tacos and there's no tacos, they're going to be disappointed. And that has always kind of stuck with me. And I think about it a lot in the media that I consume. But I think if I'd had that knowledge going into this, this would have explained to me at the time why I was frustrated with this movie. Because, like you said, the marketing was darker. It definitely seemed like it was going to be this kind of, iron man serious, versus a sort of, worldwide yeah. terrorist organization which would make sense based off the character and where the mc was at that time and then to have it turn out to be this big switcheroo where it's just like this goofy guy it's just like this isn't what i thought it was going to be this isn't what i want and i think that's why i had issues with the movies that they led me to believe it was going to be something that it wasn't and mm-hmm. some people i know a lot of people this is one of their favorite mcu movies because they like that turn and they like the fact that it's a more character driven story more so than a superhero story but man mm-hmm. it's just i just didn't expect it to be a, I i mean it's it's not zany it definitely doesn't reach those levels but it's like
1: it's it's a I mean, little goofier a lot of more like, than i would know, want it to be i i mean i i think is maybe a little too far but like you have that um situation in um uh, you know towards the end of the in, in the movie's climax where he calls uh was it a 42 number 42 suit and it uh you know comes to him and then like kind of hits the side rail or falls apart as it like gets close or whatever um where i think that's where i get the whatever quote from um and yeah it, it did it did seem to like it, it it was trying to be funny like i, I you know I, I i don't think um you know when i think zany i think maybe bugs bunny but this you know this wasn't quite at that level but it came sort of close
0: yeah and mcu does always has that little element of humor in it that's what kind of separated it from the the
1: zack snyder
0: yeah from the dc stuff which is just too dark and bleak but you yeah. know, and you know, like that that scene where the suit does get hit by a, a semi on. I think that's Biscayne Boulevard, if I remember correctly. But oh that yeah, was there was that one funny. too. Yeah. Oh yeah, there were multiples. That's right. But um, no, I mean it's not that I'm adverse to there being any sort of humor. It's just, uh, it just wasn't.
1: This wasn't the party you were expecting, so to speak. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's I don't know, it's and it's, and that's why I just feel because this, like you said earlier this is one of the worst MC, like you thought i was saying that this is one of the worst mcu m- movies i don't necessarily want to go that far it's just one of my least well favorite. there's some real
1: there's some real clunkers in uh in this uh oeuvre us uh to this point now
0: did you um, see yeah, Mar- I, I did mean, you see the marvels by the way i haven't seen it yet
1: uh i haven't seen it uh yet and i feel bad because i want to support um our collective girlfriend, Brie Larson. <laughs> and I wanna, I wanna uh, support, um, you know, Eddie, Muslim super, Muslim American, Pakistani American superhero in, in uh, Kamala Khan. And uh, I didn't do it. Cause just I'm like, I'm so burned out on the MCU between that and like having Disney plus I'm like, I will surely watch it when it comes on Disney plus, but I really can't drag myself to a movie theater go through like you know it's not even really fun to go to the movie theater anymore these days no um and to go through all of that to see a movie that i'm like you know tepidly excited about it's it's hard you know and and i hate to say it but like i think you know even like another mcu spider-man movie like i'd probably go see it but i'd still have these same questions um whereas like across the spider-verse i was like i will see that movie day one um i will see the first like showing i can make it to i will see it in imax like i will do whatever i have to do to see it and i did not feel i i mean i don't feel that way with the mcu movies uh no
0: i definitely as yeah. a as a now 40 year old man i i think it's maybe a good sign that i don't feel any sense of urgency to go and rush out to see an mcu movie in a post post pandemic world especially when it were in a a time of year where uh it's you know i i ha- caught a head cold while traveling and i'm glad that that's all i got but, i mean this is not really a great time where i could like comfortably go to a theater and be like oh this is fine you know <laughs> i just uh
1: i like how we we also took this this is the movie we picked when um you have a head cold and i am jet lagged and we're both sort of like ah
0: yeah well, you know. i have to say we're probably going to hear from the lawyer because we signed an nda about us being a thruple so you know oh get,
1: sorry get, sorry getting ready
0: <laughs> brie doesn't um, play sorry, around
1: sorry brie brie yeah she uh, again she's uh she's captain marvel so um yeah she doesn't play around um any 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 parting thoughts on iron man 3 I had a couple I did. they're not that important but
0: go for it because um, I I've got nothing I I have one nothing we've said about this thought. movie has been
1: that important um, no I
0: mean this episode yeah. sadly I think is is inconsequential as the Iron Man 3 movie
1: yeah no but that's I think this is why we do this kind of movie occasionally because like we get to talk about other stuff I you know um, I, I remind you of our Venom conversation. Like it, very little of it was about, well, some of it was about Venom, but a lot of it was about Spider-Man, who doesn't mm. <laughs> who doesn't appear in that movie in the slightest.
0: Um, you mean we took something that wasn't interesting and instead talked about something that is interesting? How dare yes. we?
1: How dare we? Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, when Tony Stark asks the kid for a digital watch. I definitely was not in a 2013 mindset and was thinking like a, like a smartwatch, like an Apple watch or something like that. Mm. And then he gives him the, the Dora, the Explorer watch, explore Dora, the Explorer watch. And I was like, oh yeah, those are digital too, right? Like you can call that a digital watch, Mm -hmm. um, but any like kind of whatever, like, I don't know this, it's been 10 years and, and you know, in some ways we're in a very different place. Um,
0: much. Worse? Different. Worse place.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh worse place. That is, yeah. For, I mean, certainly this was pre-COVID. Um it's interesting to think about the the parallels between the snap and and COVID. I don't I mean, certainly that wasn't planned. Uh there's no way they could have, you know, uh planned that out unless uh COVID came out of the lab in, you know, Disney, Disneyland. But something to think about that we probably shouldn't and won't think about for this podcast at least and then the last thing i had was um the use of automatic weapons in this movie like who the fuck needs automatic weapons ever for anything like what kind of deer do you need an automatic weapon for and so my note here was uh i don't want to get on a rant here but you know gun control whatever why do we need automatic weapons i don't get it
0: i don't know man i don't know (laughs)
1: Uh, which leads me to the final thought: Why do we need Iron Man three? I don't think we did.
0: I don't know, man. I don't know. No, I. The final thing I have in my notes was the question that I ask at the end of every episode: What mm-hmm. can we learn from this sad man, Tony Stark?
1: <laughs>
0: and I, I wrote an answer to myself, uh, which is: This is what I, this is what I wrote last night. No real clue. Nothing really changed for him. Do you think yeah. that's an accurate assessment?
1: Yes. Well, no. Um, I do think things change for him within the context of this single movie. But if you look at the larger context of the MCU, nothing changed. This movie was, at best, inconsequential, and at worst, like uh, maybe like mildly retconned out of existence.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say he, by the end of the movie, he became more mindful of his partner's needs but i think that's being very generous that's only after she got experimented on and he thought she died in a fire pit and then she magically came back and saved the day
1: i have the phrase um, paint by numbers ending um written down I, we didn't talk about it very much but that ending uh where it seems like pepper is gonna die or pepper has died and then comes back and uh you know beats the bad guy like i don't have a necessarily a problem with her beating the bad guy i'm not like you know some alt-right troll or whatever but oh no she didn't really no, beat I... the bad guy in an interesting way and and her seeming to die and coming back to life is the most kind of paint by numbers ending you could you know put together
0: that's that's very low on my list of things that bugged me on this movie that's <laughs> that that was fine it was fine
1: the movie is fine everything's yeah fine. it exists i don't care like i saw it once it didn't really maybe like ben kingsley's performance in this well you know sticks somewhere in the back of my brain but other than that like i have no feelings about this one way or the other and that's like to me that's a little bit damning but you know whatever
0: oh i am reminded of one question i forgot to write down but yeah. it's also mostly because i think i figured out the answer who do you yeah. think is more famous at this point in time, George Bailey or Tony Stark?
1: Right now, in twenty
0: twenty three, yeah, like on a Tony Stark. cultural, yeah, and I—that's why I forgot to write it down because, like, oh, of course, it's fucking Tony Stark. Like, some people know. Who I'm just George saying, Bailey there's no is.
1: George Bailey action figure, you know? Oh, there's gotta be. Not, I mean, sure, I'm sure there is. It's some at some point between the release of um "It's a Wonderful Life" and now, probably. Uh, But right now, like on sale and in your local Walmart, Amazon, whatever, it seems unlikely.
0: There's a wonderful life. George Bailey figure available on Amazon. (laughs) Damn Uh, it. Price range, $16 to $99. It looks like it looks kind of like a Barbie.
1: you screwed me again, George Bailey. Um, uh, I had one uh, last thing as well. Um, I have a note that says "Christmas movie" parentheses kind of question mark parentheses, um, and then that led me to like you know that thought process of is this a Christmas movie or is it not a Christmas movie? This is why we chose it for now um, because it is subtle. I mean, quote unquote subtly a Christmas movie. There's a lot of like tinsel there are and Christmas stuff around. Trees
0: but... and Christmas lights and wreaths. They don't really talk there's... about it. No, there's no Santa, yeah. no Santa Claus deus machina to save the day. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Maybe we should have done Die Hard now that I think about it. Uh, that, crossed having... <laughs> that crossed my mind.
0: That crossed my mind because I love Die Hard. That's one of my favorite yeah. movies. Every year now, I'd say probably the past six or seven years, uh, I yeah, maybe not that long, but definitely the recent years. My tradition is every Christmas Eve, I prepare orange chicken and I watch Die Hard. And it's one of my favorite things in the world. And my partner, she's totally okay with it. She's on board with it now. I've poisoned her brain with diehard love. And so we both just sit there and eat orange chicken and rice and broccoli and watch Die Hard. And I love it every year. It's one of my favorite traditions. I'll do it for the rest of my life as long as I'm able to.
1: Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Um, (sighs) That's what I learned from this movie, (laughs) which seems... uh... Uh, sadly another indictment of it
0: yeah because he actually is sad and die hard oh we can't turn we gotta save this we gotta save this for next year
1: (laughs) exactly i mean everyone knows like everyone's everyone's seen die hard they know why he's sad uh you know but whatever yes we will save that discussion for for next year so um people listen to this podcast so that we can make it to next year and actually do some christmas movies that are uh you know it's a wonderful life is good this was, this happened. This one happened. Um, But we could do some good movies next year. Give us the well, chance. Actually, Just give us the chance.
0: That reminds me, I did want to, I have a question for listeners. Do you want to know what we're going to listen to ahead of time? Because as it is, usually Riddy and I have an idea of what our next movie will be, but we're not always, we are not always dead set on it. But if people actually would like to know ahead of time, uh, let us know, because we can easily have that either in the episode or in the show notes so people can have some idea of what's coming. Uh, I'm under the impression people probably just don't give a shit and that they don't watch the movie. They just listen to it because that's what I do with some movie podcasts. But I also know there are people that like to watch the movie so they can kind of have their own thoughts and kind of compare them to what we're saying so
1: oh I totally don't get that I would absolutely like to me like this is like a book club and I would have to have like read the book to show up like you know like I I don't get anything out of it if I don't understand what's going on
0: yeah I mean you definitely get more out of it if you have seen it so if anyone's out there and you have thoughts on that email us the email address is definitely in the show notes I put that every single time uh
1: Um, are there enough people listening where we would maybe like have people ask about this or uh you
0: know, it depends on the episode i think our most popular or most oh God, downloaded episode the so one? far uh haunted mansion oh, yes, interesting. Our, i think that i think probably because it's the most contemporary movie we've done so i think that That's, yeah matter factors into it but i don't know there, have there been too many sad man movies recently I mean, I'm sure there have. I was wondering if if that's what Oppenheimer is. I haven't, still haven't seen that, so I wasn't sure if that's kind of the pretense of that movie.
1: I mean, if they're not sad, we're sad. So, like, I yeah. think we could, we could, we could let it in. Well, we. Could, I mean, we could. I it maybe doesn't count. Um, again, I still haven't seen it. I've been waiting to like, it's finally. I was either going to buy the the cheap 4K Blu-ray or mm-hmm. watch it streaming first, but. Haven't seen Barbie yet, but given that Ken seems to be sad, we could maybe sneak that in somehow, even though it's not quite the letter of the law or whatever you want to say.
0: I rewatched Barbie while I was home to watch it with my parents. It
1: mm-hmm.
0: it may be my favorite movie of the year. Granted, I don't think I've seen... Well, no, I've seen a decent amount of movies that came out this year, but Ryan Gosling's performance is just so funny in it. I... I just can rewatch it every couple weeks in the I'm just Kin song. It's a, it's an earworm. I have to watch it on YouTube every like about once a week.
1: You know what we could bring in? Um, Not that it's actually a good movie. um, And maybe we should space this out a little bit, given just that we we're on the heels of Iron Man three, but the Mario brothers movie would actually fit our criteria pretty well.
0: Oh yeah. They are sad sacks in that. Aren't they
1: at the very, yeah. At the beginning, they're very sad sacks
0: hmm yeah i guess we
1: can <laughs> uh well with that infectious enthusiasm
0: well I, I, we talked about it off air i think we should do the apartment for our first episode for january because that's a new year's movie and also it's a guy who rent he lets his bosses fuck in his apartment to help advance his career and then one of them has sex with the woman that he has a crush on at the office i think that would be a good one for start january off It'd be think that is a good idea
1: uh i think anything is better than uh better than our idea for iron man 3 so yes let's do it let's okay let's do the apartment
0: listeners we're going to watch the jack lemon classic the apartment i think that's going to be a really fun one to talk about all right okay well with that
1: like, uh, subscribe. like listen,
0: subscribe oh we almost got yeah. we almost got it
1: synced up shit I no personally, I don't care if you listen. Just subscribe and like uh you can listen to us ranting or not, but um you know the 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 those two are the important ones,
0: yeah, well, I did see on i on Apple podcasts we have we have a perfect five star rating, but we only have two ratings, but hey, it's better than nothing
1: No, you don't have to say that second part, just say perfect five star rating.
0: we have the highest rating of any podcast on apple podcasts if that's not good enough marketing material to tell your friends about us i don't know what to tell you you're you're
1: the problem is you not us
0: (laughs) yeah we're putting out this quality content for free help us get some advertisers so we make some sweet money so we can buy iron man suits
1: yeah that That's what Tom promised me when we started this podcast. We would make enough money from podcasting to buy Iron Man suits. Don't you
0: want us to have Iron Man suits, listeners? What's wrong with you? Don't be so selfish. This is the holiday season, the time of giving. Give us give enough us, listeners yeah. to get advertisers to buy Iron Man suits. Come on, come on, come on, do it, do it. Three,
1: two, one, do it
0: do it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back in probably two weeks for the apartment. See you in the new year. Adios, everybody.